Hello, my name is Cheryl Klontz, and I serve as the superintendent of the Chihau District of the North Alabama Conference. Welcome to Read Together. Today's scripture is one of the lectionary readings for the third Sunday of Lent, and it comes from the book of Exodus. But before I read it, a little bit of background. Remember, the people of Israel had been enslaved in Egypt, and God called Moses to lead them out of Egypt and back home to the Promised Land. And in the process, they have seen incredible acts of God. First, God sends ten plagues upon the Egyptians, leading the Egyptians to the point that they not only were willing to let the people go, they were happy to let them go. And then God granted them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to guide them home. And when the Pharaoh changed his mind and came after them, God parted the Red Sea to allow them to cross and then closed it back over the Egyptians that were following them. Then they found themselves in the desert with only bitter water to drink, and God made it sweet. And when they found themselves without food, God provided quails and manna, the perfect amount, enough each day to feed them and their families, and enough on the day before the Sabbath to feed them for two days so they didn't have to work. And then they arrived in Rephidim. And let's hear this story as it's found in Exodus, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 7 in the contemporary English version. The Israelites left the desert and moved from one place to another each time the Lord ordered them to. Once they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for them to drink. The people started complaining to Moses, Give us some water. Moses replied, Why are you complaining to me and trying to put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty and kept on complaining. Moses, did you bring us out of Egypt just to let us and our families and our animals die of thirst? Then Moses prayed to the Lord, What am I going to do with these people? They're about to stone me to death. The Lord answered, Take some of the leaders with you and go ahead of the rest of the people and take along the walking stick with which you struck the Nile River. When you get to the rock at Mount Sinai, I will be there with you. Strike the rock with the stick and water will pour out for the people to drink. Moses did this while the leaders watched. The people had complained and tested the Lord by asking, Is the Lord really with us? So Moses named that place Massa, which means testing, and Meribah, which means complaining. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is so easy to judge the Israelites in this moment especially when we know that this is not the last time they will complain and test God, nor is this the last time they will ask, is the Lord really with us? Despite the fact that God has given them evidence upon evidence that God is present with them. In fact, many sermons, including the small sermon you find at the end of Psalm 95, which is also one of the Lent 3 readings, and Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 have been written about their hardened hearts and their stiff necks. Yet, if we're truly honest, 
we recognize that this is not simply a story of something that happened long ago in a faraway place. This is our story. This is our story when we find ourselves in the deserts of our lives and we look and we can't see solid evidence of God at work in our situation. Yes, we know the stories we've been told about God's faithfulness in the past. We even have our own stories of how God has acted in our lives. But when the diagnosis is dire, when the marriage falls apart, when our children or grandchildren struggle, when someone we love is addicted, when the slip is pink, our memory fades. And we find we have questions. We may even have complaints. Hey God, I've followed all the rules. So where are you now that I need you? I mean, let's be honest. Most of us have visited Massa and Meribah in our lifetimes. We know the fear that we've been abandoned. We know the thirst that we fear won't ever be quenched. We know the disorientation of not knowing what is going to happen next. And what we need most in those moments, or what we want most in those moments, is proof of God's presence with us. So Moses follows God's command. He lifts the staff, strikes the rock, and water gushes out. Which brings us to what I think is the most remarkable part of the story. What they need and want, both the presenting issue, the physical thirst, and the underlying issue, the thirst for God's presence, it's already there. It's always been there. They just couldn't see it. It was hiding beneath the rock. One scholar said that the story of the people of Israel in the wilderness is the story of a people stuck between promise and fulfillment. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are also a people who live in between. In between the coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago and Jesus' return to set all things right somewhere in the future. And as Paul reminds us in Romans 8, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we live on tiptoes, waiting for the culmination of God's work in the world. And like so many before us, living stuck in between, we often find ourselves crying out, How long, O Lord? But the lesson of Massa and Meribah is that God is present with us. God provides for us, even in the desert, even in the in-between times. As Julian of Norwich famously said, All shall be well, all shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. But Massa and Meribah teach us that God's presence and provision are not found in some nebulous future, not in some place far away, but they are with us, available to us, even now, even when we can't see it. It's there, just below the surface. When I was in my mid-30s, before I said yes to the call of ministry that God had placed on my life at my confirmation 
I was a very active lay member of my congregation. I was the church lady. I served on committees. I taught Sunday school, disciple Bible studies. If the door was open, I was there. And during that time in my life, something happened that resulted in what I can only describe as a dark night of the soul. I was at my own Massa and Mirabah. I had experienced God's love, presence, and provision. And I knew not only the Bible stories about that, but I heard stories of God's love, presence, and provision in the lives of the people in my church family. But in my pain and confusion, I couldn't see, I couldn't feel God's presence in my life. I kept waiting, you know, for some miraculous thing to happen to show me that God was present. And I particularly remember one time, I was at Sumatonga at a powerful retreat. And everyone around me, everyone around me was being touched by the Spirit of God. Everyone was talking about how God was so present in that moment. But I couldn't feel it. And I remember I went to the altar to pray, and I prayed fervently for God to show me that He was present in my life. I don't know what I was expecting. Flaming fire, burning bushes, some huge show of God's glory. None of those things happened. Instead, as I prayed, I felt a pair of hands on my shoulder. And then another pair, and then another, and then another. I can't remember now how many people came that night to pray for and with me. What I do remember is the weight of their hands. And God's still small voice saying, This, this is the proof of my presence. I was looking so hard for proof, for evidence of God's presence in my life. And God had been there all along in the presence of God's people. You know, it was only after God walked me through that wilderness that I was able to look back and see just how many ways God had been present just below the surface, providing and caring for me. Like the people of Israel, I was thirsty for God's presence, but I couldn't see that it was right there. And just as God was present for the people of Israel at Massa and Meribah, God was present for me, and God is present for all who seek His presence in the good times, the bad times, and the in-between times. As that beautiful United Church of Canada creed says, in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us, and we are not alone. Thanks be to God. So as we close today, please remember, God is present. Even in this crazy in-between time that we find ourselves as a denomination, God is present. Loving, providing, supporting and leading us. And so I'd like to close today with a poem that I recently read by Paul Murray called O Merciful One. And I use this as our closing prayer. When without hope, without aim, we find ourselves turning and turning on the outermost rim 
of the circumstances of our own lives, when our hearts are cold, our minds no longer open to the conviction of the unseen or to the sources of that conviction, when words which were fiery once electrifying the mind and heart now seem but a mimicry of flame, a dazzle of frozen sparks, burn us with your fire of truth, with your flame of love. Amen.